Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We are still on Indictment Watch here at the Midas Touch Networks. It seems we will have to wait at least one more week to find out if the Manhattan Criminal Grand Jury will vote to criminally indict Donald Trump. All signs still point to the fact that an indictment will take place. We will give you the most recent updates, including what we learned exclusively from Michael Cohen earlier in the day on the Political Beatdown podcast I co-host with him about the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation. The Manhattan District Attorney staying very, very busy. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg sent a scathing letter earlier in the day back to MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives informing them that their efforts to try to interfere with the Manhattan DA's criminal investigation into Trump is patently illegal. Another day and more MAGA Republican hearings backfiring on the MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans held a hearing as part of their efforts to abolish the ATF, the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, to promote what Democrat Jamie Raskin referred to as the Republicans' insurrectionist interpretation of the Second Amendment, you know, where weapons of war are meant for everyone to try to overthrow the government with more insurrections. We will break down for you what took place during this committee hearing and on the House floor. And another day and Donald Trump grows more and more desperate, stewing in his fascist QAnon vortex of idiocracy. Trump continues to threaten prosecutors like Alvin Bragg and Jack Smith, calling Bragg an animal calling Smith a radical lunatic bomb thrower, calling the New York attorney general the get Trump Letitia James worst attorney general in the United States. Little weak nickname. (laughs) (laughs) And attacking the Fulton County district attorney. Next, let's talk about how MAGA Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is getting absolutely absolutely crushed in the polls as he attempts to respond to Donald Trump calling him a meatball and calling him (laughs) gay sanctimonious and his tepid support of Ukraine and denying eating pudding with three fingers. The weird MAGA cult is not happy with cult member Ron DeSantis attacking their cult leader. It's all so weird. Sold Jack Smith won a big motion this week, compelling Donald Trump's lawyer, Evan Corcoran, to testify again before the federal criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C., and for Corcoran to turn over written notes, 
written communications, and audio recordings relating to Trump's obstruction of justice in connection with Trump's theft of thousands of government records and top-secret classified records, sensitive compartmented information, which Trump held and concealed at Mar-a-Lago. Get this, the chief judge of the D.C. federal court made a judicial finding that Donald Trump was engaged in a criminal scheme, direct quote, and used his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, in furtherance of that criminal scheme. So after that big win, what did Jack Smith do? Jack Smith is still on the hunt. And on Thursday, Jack Smith was in federal court seeking to compel the testimony of former Vice President Mike Pence, who is ridiculously claiming that he is a senator and therefore under the speech and debate clause should not have to testify. Total coward. And in normal (laughs) world... Pro-democracy, pro-normalcy, hello, hello, everybody. President Biden is celebrating the 13th anniversary of the passage of the Affordable Care Act and the importance of expanding health care coverage to all Americans at the lowest price possible. Look, I know that I'm supposed to tease at the opening and not just talk all about it, but this news is just too exciting for me, folks. I'm Ben Micellis, and this is the Midas Touch Podcast. And thank you for watching the Midas touch podcast (laughs) great to be here everybody great to be here on the Midas touch podcast another action-packed news day a lot of big big legal developments and what a week it was i know we were all anticipating that indictment to come but it looks like it's held off till next week so we're just gonna have to wait but ben see just like just like you ben uh alvin bragg manhattan da Learning the art of the tease, I think. The art Ooh. of the tease, you know, leave them, leave them <laughs> wanting more is all I got to say. You know, you got, on the one hand, you got Alvin Bragg uh, <laughs> criminally prosecuting Donald Trump. On the other hand, you got me making YouTube videos. That's teasing him. But no, I mean, it's, it's all good. And, and, and keeping up with the news cycle itself is a full-time job. So, you know, that's why I'm excited to get into the show to bring you all the updates, all the up-to-the-minute updates, because we are, of course, live here on the Midas Touch podcast, and we are just learning new things about the various prosecutions against Donald Trump because they're all over the country. Uh, We're learning new things up to the minute right now that we are excited to dig in and bring to you. But I just want to start off by saying thank you to everybody for watching, for listening, everybody who subscribes to the audio podcast, subscribes to our YouTube channel. We are so grateful for you. Jordy, always a pleasure to see you, my man. You playing basketball, Jordy? You're looking good. Yeah, you working out? Thanks, fella. No, not working out at all. You know what? I I wore these uh, wristbands today for tonight's show. I just look athletic right now because I'm wearing them. I haven't done an athletic thing all day. I'm just wearing such the a life hack. Don't even work out. Just wear uh, wristbands wear, and stuff. Wear the People equipment. think you work out. Exactly. And so I've been might, might be my new look. It's all about optics. It's all about optics. Well, this is an exercise in democracy. And Jordy <laughs> oh, man, wearing what a transition. his his American flag wristbands. No indictments yet this week. The uh, Manhattan criminal grand jury seems like they will be meeting again next week. We had learned that they were typically a Monday and Wednesday grand jury, and they usually met in the afternoon. There was some reporting yesterday that they may have been meeting on Thursday after they were told they did not need to show up on Wednesday. There's a lot of speculation for the reason why was Alvin Bragg coordinating with law enforcement is there going to be potentially another witness 
those are some potential explanations for it. What we do know, based on uh, what I learned from Michael Cohen earlier, is that Cohen has not been called to go back and testify. And so I heard some people saying, was Michael Cohen going to be called again as a witness after Trump put forward Robert Costello, who was one of Cohen's legal advisors back in 2018? You'll recall at the end of last week, Cohen had made himself available in the event uh, he needed to provide rebuttal testimony, um, perhaps to clean up something that Costello said. Cohen was ultimately told he did not need to provide that rebuttal, meaning that what Costello said was probably not effective at all. So one of the things I was looking at, and I didn't know the answer, frankly, until I asked Cohen directly uh, live in front of everybody, is has he been contacted by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office to show back up? again, and he responded that he wasn't, which all things and all signs point to this thing continuing to move in the right direction, um, that Trump is likely to get criminally indicted the next time this grand jury meets or the time thereafter. So I think we just look till next week. But, you know, one of the things that I think that you can plan for or conceptualize, but when it's actually being done in real time, you have to adapt is that the threats that Donald Trump is making towards Alvin Bragg and to the district attorney's office has real world consequences. Um, we know, for example, during a hearing that was held middle of this week with the New York attorney general's office, there was a bomb threat that was called into the courthouse there, and they had to adjourn for about uh, an hour in connection with one of the uh, many Trump cases there. We know that there have been direct threats made directly to Alvin Bragg, including this threat, and we'll go through in a bit in the show all of these posts that Donald Trump's been making, but this particularly disgusting one, it's a photo that Donald Trump posts of himself wielding a baseball bat like he's about to hit Alvin Bragg with the baseball bat. Um, I mean, just outward violence like that. And then you pair that with some of the other statements in one of these posts where Donald Trump called Alvin Bragg an animal and said people are not going to be able to take this anymore. I mean, you go and you read this statement and this statement, you know, you know, truly looks like a, a Nazi sympathizer wrote this. Why won't Bragg drop this case? Everybody says there is no crime here. I did nothing wrong. It was all made up by a convicted nut job with zero credibility who has been disputed by highly respected professionals at every turn. Bragg refuses to stop despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. He is a Soros-backed animal who just doesn't care about right or wrong, no matter how many people are hurt. There is no legal system. This is the Gestapo. This is Russia and China, but worse, uh, disgraceful. And then there are other posts where he says people aren't going to take this anymore and people need to do something. And that, and he also kind of said, and they said we shouldn't get violent and they're telling us we need to remain peaceful. 
It's another post that he made. So you pair all of that. This is the one right here. Everybody knows I'm 100% innocent, including Bragg, but he doesn't care. He is just carrying out the plans of radical left lunatics. Our country is being destroyed as they tell us to be peaceful. Here's what I'm wondering so when I read those things, Ben, if I could just ask you a, a question here. First, I, I'm wondering, does this, do you think this at all affects when he ultimately is indicted, the terms of his bail, his arraignment, do any of these threats factor in to what a judge then decides to do with Trump upon his arraignment is my is my first question. I'll start there. Then I got one more. It potentially could impact the conditions on, you know, I don't think there's any I think it's a no bail crime, but the conditions on on it in terms of once you're in the criminal justice system and then you're threatening a district attorney is different than when no case has been filed yet. It's not going to ultimately really affect what the judge does, but I think it will affect the timing of all of this because a great deal of security needs to be assembled right now um, because uh, Alvin Bragg as the Manhattan District Attorney also needs to make sure that his office is safe. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of threats that we don't even know about taking place right now that they have to contend with. So it does have an impact, but um, you know, it's, it's sick. It's sadistic. Yeah. And you combine that with the fact that people like, uh, what's his name, Jim Jordan and these MAGA Republicans who chair committees um, and they claim to be, oh, we're for states' rights. And they're criminally interfering with the investigation, trying to tamper with it, basically, and yeah. tell Alvin Bragg to violate grand jury secrecy. And, and Alvin Bragg responded to that today, but and saying, you, you don't have the right to even make this request. But w what a what a time we are living in where a political party has utterly become a cult. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And, and in seeing those posts from people like Jim Jordan, I, I wish we did live in a country where they could be prosecuted for obstruction of justice for things like that. But I'm sure they will pull that they're just trying to do their official duties in Congress and, you know, will have no ramifications for their very clear and blatant obstruction of justice there. You know, the other thing I was wondering, because to me, this speaks to the heart of of also Trump's inciting of the insurrection on January 6th. It seems like he is pulling the same exact playbook that we saw him pull in the days leading up to January yeah. 6th and the days on January 6th. So I wonder, do these same do these statements here, do you think have any impact whatsoever on the ultimate charging and cases that Jack Smith is working on in January 6th, especially when he echoes his rhetoric? The same rhetoric that he said on that day where he tries to use it as his defense, where he said, I said peacefully, I said peacefully. And here he pretty clearly says the quiet part out loud, which is, and they tell us to be peaceful, which the implicit thing that he is saying there is we should be violent over this. I mean, to me, it's very obvious what he is calling for. Thankfully, we have not seen the cult show up. You know, it's funny. They, they've kind of psyched themselves out because they're like, the feds are going to, the, the feds are going to act like us and they're going to, it's like, no, you're, you're just not showing up because you're scared and you don't have it in you anymore to show up. But I was happy mm -hmm. to not see, you know, any sorts of crowds and stuff outside of Trump Tower, except for the people who were actually cheering on Trump's arrest. But go back to my question. Do you think this has any implications whatsoever on Jack Smith prosecuting January? sixth. Absolutely. It will all be used as evidence. These posts will be used as exhibits in the criminal prosecution. And so you may wonder, 
why, why, why would Trump be doing this? I mean, it's totally deranged. Well, number one, he's completely deranged. But number two, he's given up on any legitimate defense to criminal charges like that's he doesn't view it through a prism of how people who are charged with crimes view it he views it as it i am going to destroy this country like i need to bring this country down i need to create chaos i need to destroy it it's part of his malignant narcissism where he sees him and you see it in his posts. He sees right. himself as the country, which is a trait of these malignant narcissists, fascist authoritarians uh, over and over again. And so his defense is bring the country down. Ultimate Putin's puppet, Jordy. Not to get lost in this because we, we went over it pretty quickly, but I mean, it's an absolutely insane post of his. Brett, can you pull up the the holding the bat? at Yes. I mean, what what is, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the Gosar anime cartoon when he was killing AOC. I mean, they go to the same fascist bizarro playbook every time and they think it's going to work for them. But, you know, time and time again, what, what we've seen is that people have, you know, just wised up to these sort of antics. And now we're just going to use this and, and brag and Jack Smith. I mean, they're going to use this as evidence uh, against him for for whatever comes next. I mean, if there is a violent assault on in New York, you don't have to look much further than what Donald Trump has spoken and, and tweeted out over the last few days about violence and, and just the absolute lunacy is coming from his account. That's people. But Republicans, as a political party, go all in to support this behavior. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what actually makes this unprecedented. I think 65 to 70 percent of the population now looks at this and goes, this is insane. And I think right. that number grows each day. Yet institutionally, you have a MAGA Republican Party that supports this. What they want to create, and, and, and you remember, it's all projection. So when they say things like the uni party, Republicans, whatever, what they want to create is a uniparty fascist state that looks up and idolizes Donald Trump and Jordy, you know, you have to look at all of these posts in context with each other, right? So you have the baseball bat one, right, of him looking like he's about to hit uh, Alvin Bragg in the face with a baseball. There's no other way to interpret what you don't have to interpret it. You you look at it. Um, and then you have him say things like, isn't it terrible that D.A. Bragg refuses to do the right thing and call it a day? He would rather indict an innocent man and create years of hatred, chaos and turmoil than give him his well-deserved freedom. The whole country sees what's going on and they're not going to take it anymore. They've had enough there was no error made, no misdemeanor, no crime. Above all, no case. They spied on my camp, rigged the falsely impeached, cheated and lied. They are human scum. And so the tactic is dehumanize, call them scum, say the country had enough. And, and here's the other one where he goes after all of the prosecutors. District Attorney Bragg is a danger to our country and should be removed immediately, along with radical lunatic bomb thrower Jack Smith, who is harassing and intimidating innocent people at levels not seen before. Get Trump, Letitia James, the worst attorney general in the United States, and Atlanta DA Fawny Willis, who is trying to make perfect phone calls into a plot to destroy a 
America, but reigns over the most violent crime scene in America and does nothing about it. I mean, look, all, all of that is false to begin with, too. Do you, in terms do you, of do you think do you, do you think that he found out that Mad Dog Jack Smith was too cool of a nickname? So he had to start calling him Radical Lunatic Bomb Thrower Jack Smith? Might even be a cooler nickname, though. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, might, it might be. Might even be a step <laughs> up. I, yeah, I, w- one of the things that I noticed that Trump does now is he just lists out all of his crimes, like in posts, or he lists out all of his crimes in videos. <laughs> like so right. he'll, he'll be like on a video or in a post, he'll be like, first it was the Russia, Russia, Russia. Then it was the perfect call to Ukraine. Then it was the this hoax. Then it was the that hoax. Then, and you're like, okay, this is a helpful list. This is this is helpful. Well, well, well this is good to keep track of all the corrupt things that you have done. <laughs> and, and and Jordy, here's the thing, though. So as I said, I said you're saying people have had enough of it. Like, let's talk about what they're talking about in the Republican Party. And I'm not sure if you've seen these interviews he's given on the Fox Digital. Uh, with Piers Morgan, you know, and 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 the types of things that they're talking about, man, like as Democrats are talking about jobs and infrastructure and health care and protecting seniors and all of these things, you know, the Republicans are talking about like, oh, I did I eat pudding with three fingers here? Play this clip from Piers Morgan where the, one of the questions is whether he, uh, he he ate pudding with three fingers. Play this clip. Have you ever eaten a chocolate pudding with three fingers? I don't remember ever doing that. I'm telling you, maybe when I was a kid, but it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of people when you're, when they go at you, sometimes they have like really good ammunition. Like you're a crook, you did this, you did that. For me, they're talking about pudding. Like, is that really the best you got? Okay, bring it on. But now you're not having puddings. No, 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 pudding. no way. It's sugar, man. You know, and, and then they talk about, I mean, these are the issues. And, and then it's, you know, uh, Piers Morgan asking him, hey, you know, you, you've been called the meatball um, and you've been called the sanctimonious. What, you know, respond to being called a meatball. Play this clip from Piers Morgan if we got it. Is your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron, Ron the Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. Uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell the Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me, you can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner. You know, when DeSantis doesn't know which, which he doesn't know how to handle this, and it's his fault because he supported the cult. And you, I've always said, do you, people go, do you think Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee? I'm like, 100%. 100%. It's not even, Trump's going to win in Florida against DeSantis. Mm-hmm. And, and they go, why are you so confident? Why are you so confident? I'm like, because it's a cult. Yep. You, in, in North Korea, you can't get rid of Kim Jong-un. You know, the, <laughs> lieutenant, the, the DeSantis lieutenant in North Korea isn't going to take down Kim Jong-un. It's, it's a weird cult. And so, like, DeSantis doesn't know which way to go, right? And so then they hit him on the flip-flop. So first he's like, so – uh I'm supposed to like Putin, right? So he says all the pro-Putin stuff. Mm. And then he gets attacked by that because he doesn't have he doesn't have the support of the cult. So then he has to go back 
And Murdoch, you know, through New York Post and through this Fox Digital, they all put it through the propaganda Fox echo chamber to make DeSantis call out Putin and say, Putin, you're a war criminal, right? Because traditionally saying that Putin's a war criminal is, 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 a, is the right thing to say. Putin wants to destroy America. So saying Putin is bad is a good thing, but not in MAGA Republican cult world. And one of the, the litmus tests for this is just look, for example, what Ben Shapiro basically said. So mm. Ben Shapiro does this post and he does some weird meme and he goes, this is what he says. He goes, Donald Trump may be indicted by a rogue Manhattan DA. Naturally, his top target is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who has condemned the rogue Manhattan DA for a spurious possible indictment. And the photo has the Trump car going on the off ramp to attacking Ron DeSantis or staying straight attacking Alvin Bragg uh, for malicious prosecution. This is this is Ben Shapiro's weirdo meme. But then the cult is like, uh, 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 you're telling me DeSantis says he liked Putin, you know, oh, no. So so they go, Ben Shapiro, why are you such a shill lately? Shapiro even shills for DeSantis. The same effing bunch of kids from the 2015-2016 cruise crew are pushing for DeSantis. They are just equally insufferable. Little Ben Shapiro is leading the charge. Ben, I've been a huge fan of DeSantis, but his speech regarding the indictments were a huge letdown. DeSantis, an establishment candidate. And then there's a photo mocking DeSantis for taking a photo with a young schoolgirl wearing a mask. I mean, this MAGA Republican cult is so weird. And DeSantis each and every day, like, he's going to get knocked out of the race before he even steps in. He, he might even already be knocked out uh, of the race totally. at, at this point. I mean, I really don't think he even has a, a shot and he's proven himself to just be so incredibly awkward. And even in those clips that we just saw from Pierce Morgan, I think this was supposed to be one of his big interviews to kind of get him back to the spotlight as, as a real contender. And he's just completely flailing in those interviews. He's putting on this new kind of fake voice, like this kind of fake, Oh, I'm a friendly Ron DeSantis guy kind of voice. And it, <laughs> Right. And, it, and it's just it just doesn't play well. He's just the phony. And the reason why the pudding story, I think, actually has such an impact, despite how silly it is, is because as Ben acts out eating pudding with uh, that's five fingers, Ben. He only does ben, it three fingers, fingers. So three. It's it's a three dip. Uh, so the reason why is because I think it plays to how stilted and emotionally and socially awkward that Ron DeSantis truly right. is. And it's one of those things that every time now Ron DeSantis is awkward going forward, everyone's going to think, oh, it's Pudding Fingers. Put it, pudding Fingers Ron over there. Pudding Fingers is a knockout punch. <laughs> knockout. Pudding knockout fingers. All, all, all Trump has to do in one a debate plus. is go, okay, Pudding Fingers, and it's done. over. It's done. done. Yeah. Um, Could and, you imagine if Trump posts Midas Touch again? He already touched the story. He already posted the story that we reported about DeSantis from a year ago where we broke that DeSantis yeah. was like, would love to hang out with underage girls when he was a high school teacher and imagine if he posted another Midas touch one with pudding fingers yeah pudding and, fingers. and just so in, in case like you haven't been following the story and you're like what the hell are they talking about this came from a daily beast story a couple weeks ago that was a whole write-up on ron DeSantis and how stilt up the kind of start to his little shadow campaign has been and it had all these interviews with staffers on background that said how awkward he is behind the scenes and one of the examples they used was that while they were traveling they saw ron 
Ron DeSantis sitting by himself eating chocolate pudding out of a tin with three fingers. I think tr- I think Ron DeSantis is really in our normal. I know. I, would, I, would, I know. Right. I would normally call it a catch 22, but because it's Trump, I'm going to call it a catch 45. And what it is, is that he can't do anything correctly here without it backfiring on himself. Because if he tries to play the role of like, look, I'm I'm not a Trump guy. Like I, I believe in everything Trump believes in, but guess what? I'm a more traditional kind of Reagan Republican. I'm against Putin. You know, I'm I'm not gonna get involved in this local prosecution of Trump. He tries to play that card, which is what he's doing right now. What happens is the base, the MAGA maniacs backlash and they are not going to want to touch him. They're not going to want to vote for him the way we're seeing yeah. the comments. But if he and by the all in and on to your Trump, point, he's just that, that boosting Trump. So he's really, he's got no good place to move. Sorry. And then Fox, the, no, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Brett. Um, so, and Fox, <laughs> Fox doesn't know if Fox doesn't know what to do. I'm not sure. Did you see Laura Ingram uh, the, the other night? I mean, yes. we did, that's our guy. Oh, we got to talk so about she, this. So, so she had to go and explain because they don't know what to do. So they want to support DeSantis, but they created the cult and they kind of have to go all in on the cult that they created because all they care about is money. They hate our democracy. So it's existential for them. So they have Laura Ingraham now trying to like teach Donald Trump exactly. what to do. What, what to do. So, you know, and this is the weird cult aspect, like, like you have a, a, a network that despicably refers to itself as news when it is a propaganda and they do it for money. Like at the end of the day, they're willing to destroy the democracy just to, just to make a few more bucks. You know, they could still probably have a very vibrant network if they were just, if they kind of reported normally, they'd still make a lot of money, but this is what they've been reduced to. That they are that they are now holding segments where you have Laura Ingraham, basically their top host, who's who's providing like a okay. Here's what you need to do, Donald Trump. Okay, number one. Here, play, play the clip. Now let's move on to campaign advice for President Trump. Now, if I were Trump and running his campaign, I'd strongly urge him to stop talking about 2020. It's over. Enough. Marinating in old claims of election fraud will not win over a single voter in any state that he needs to win in 2024. And it gives DeSantis an opening to say, why take a chance on the guy who just complained after the fact about early voting and ballot harvesting instead of beating Biden on both fronts? What the heck is that? And 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 if you can't get, what, what, what do you got? It's just funny that they even have to put up this ruse. Like they have to speak to him through the TV. Like we know they all communicate with each other. We know they all text each other. They all email each other. You know, they have their chats. Like just call up Trump. Like that, that's clearly a message for one. But I think what Laura here, and and we'll play the next clip before we get too into it. I, I think. Laura is overestimating her power and the power of Fox News. I think it's a situation of the tail wagging the dog and not the other way around. They are controlled by their viewers. They are not they are not the ones in control here and they are controlled by Donald Trump, not the other way around. So her trying to set the terms, she just way overestimates their power and we've seen in these Dominion filings how weak that Fox truly is and how subservient they actually are to the MAGA monster that they created. So yep. then in addition after that, 
Laura Ingram goes through a litany of other tips for Donald Trump. Just a case, baby. Here are some tips. Before you do that, though, Jordy, you really like the idiom of the tail wagging the dog. I saw you like really good. I, I I've never heard that one before. So. That's for yeah, it's a was, teachable really show. Neat. You know, you learn, you learn, I'm you learn something stuff in new. every episode. Last so week you... it was milk toast, and now now it's the the tail wagging I, dog. I, I, I love and it. I and I also want to apologize because I think I was a little hard on you for milk toast because I think <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I, I'm honest though because I I did reflect on it personally after that I like kind of made fun of you and I felt it's bad okay. because because I bad. think. I That's think we, we should do. be able to ask what questions, you know, because not everybody knows everything like, and we shouldn't expect to know everything. And so yeah. I think we should just have an open forum where you should be able to ask a question. We're sorry. We're sorry. Brett, sorry. Okay. I, 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 okay, I, I am sorry. I, I, cause I do, I want to set a good example and I want to, <laughs> I, I want to invite questions and let's, it, let, you know, let's, so. let's play the Laura Ingraham clip. And then I, I got <laughs> something I want to say on the other side. So I'd suggest talk less about yourself, more about the American people. You met a lot of them. Voters don't want a replay of the greatest hits about Mueller or Adam Schiff, but they do want you to assemble the most talented advisors and probably best to treat them well. Surround yourself with givers, not takers. Serious policy people who know how to hit the ground running on day one. No more travel ban fiascos. Run a tight ship. And run against the Democrats, not the media. We all know the press is biased, you know, newsflash. Don't dwell on it, deal with it. And maybe, just maybe, drop the nicknames and the petty personal stuff. It was funny in 2016 and even in 2020, but I don't think it works with how serious the challenges are right now facing the country. I sense that the voters are weary of all of that stuff. So debate your opponents on the merits. You know the issues. You have a great record, defend it. It's unbelievable that this is in 2023. I mean, come on, how pathetic. Like, do you know what you're dealing with at this point? I know Jordy has a lot of thoughts on it. So Jordy, what's what's, what's your take on this Fox and Laura Ingram and everything that's going on over there? It's over for old pudding fingers. He's done. It's over. It's what they're trying to do with their coverage now. Look, they had him speak to kill me. They had pudding fingers speak to kill me. The the guys got more personality than a can of paint. I mean, you just can't do anything with that. It's not a presidential candidate. It is lucky he's getting the position he's in. They know it's over for him. So what now Fox News is trying to do, they're trying to course correct in real time. And they're panicking. And Brett, to your point, sure, in 2016, 2018, they could pick up the phone and talk to Trump. They don't want to do that anymore because they know the monster that they've created. They know the guy's plugged in watching their news station day in and day out because he's obsessed with the Fox News polls that they put out. So they're trying to address them right now. They're waving the white flag. Donnie, let's be friends again, Donnie. Here, let's just do these things and we could all we could all be at peace with each other. It's over for pudding fingers. It's funny. I have a similar take on it, but but a little slightly different. I don't think they're done with DeSantis. I think they're hedging their bets in a mm. big way. And I think they're hedging because I think they want to push DeSantis. They're trying to launder all the DeSantis propaganda through all their various networks, trying to write puff pieces on him in the Wall Street Journal, trying to get headlines for him in the New York Post, trying to do all these cringy specials with Brian Kilmeade on Fox News and and all the like. But I think they see pretty clearly that the force of Donald Trump outplays them every single time. It's far more powerful over their viewership than they are. Like I said, Jordy, tail wagging the dog. They are not in control here. And so I think what they're seeing is DeSantis plummet in the polls. Uh, 
They're seeing Trump as basically a sure thing for the nomination indictment or no indictment or 10 indictments. Doesn't matter. And they're trying to stay in his good graces for that eventuality. And so that's I think that's what we're seeing. And I think the network itself is a little divided amongst their hosts as well. Mm-hmm. I think you have Laura Ingram, who's actually quite intelligent, despite how horrible of a person she is, who is trying almost begging. Like to me, that is her like begging, yes, yes. pleading on her knees on her show. Please listen to me. Please don't be a nut. Please don't be a nut. (laughs) And and it's going to fall on deaf ears. Then you have somebody like Tucker who's just all in on authoritarian propaganda. He knows he was exposed by the text saying that he hates Trump passionately. So he's going to spend all the shows saying how much he loves Trump to try to get back in his good graces, saying how much he loves Putin, etc. That's the Tucker play. Brian Kilmeade is a DeSantis guy. For the DeSantis puff pieces, they push all that over to Brian Kilmeade. And Hannity is somebody who's still trying to stay in Trump's good graces, despite all the text messages that we saw, all the things he had to say about Trump. And Hannity is actually having Trump on his show, or is at least expected to have Trump on his show this coming Monday. That'll be the first time that Trump's actually been on Fox in, I think, over six months. So to just give you some perspective on how they've kind of changed as a network just recently and their recent kind of moves, you see they are having an internal identity crisis for many reasons. But one of them, this, this DeSantis-Trump feud, which they just can't seem to get a hold of. And here's the thing. Trump was attacking them when all of those Dominion filings were coming out. Right. And it works on Republicans. Like, astonishingly, that works. Like if somebody put in all caps, all that stuff about me, I would be (laughs) like, I'd be like, who is this weirdo? Like, and frankly, that's how most people respond. Like, okay, you want to, you're going to make fun of me. You're going to call me, you're going to call me bad names. But to Republicans, to Fox, that actually changes their behavior. They get into panic. You know, I, I, I need to, like, I'd love to delve deeper in the psychology within cult behavior to understand how that uh, all caps, you know, that creating this kind of faux fear. Trump's a coward. Trump's a coward. Like, he's a weak coward. Like, you confront that person one-on-one, and he will shrink away. He's got less personality than a can of paint, Jordy. I, I can't let you get away with I like that. that one. That's good. That's a that good one. Came up. <laughs> like that? That's, no, that's a real expression. He's got Google less cur- I, I don't know. I, I Googled it. It doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly wanted to know if it was an expression. If, and, you and, know what? It felt like an expression. So and, and, and then and then, but it actually works. But I'll tell you who will be watching very carefully uh, that Trump interview, the lawyers for Dominion. They're going to have their popcorn ready and they're ready to make that the next exhibits for ratifying uh, the conduct for punitive damages. They are ready to go with that. And finally, because Fox is the master of projection and all these right wing people, they just literally project, project, project. I just have to show you this clip of Tucker Carlson. It doesn't really fit in anywhere neatly yeah. into the episode <laughs> uh, uh, other than it's just like a, a really play the clip for the chinese it's just so easy how do you win a war without fighting by getting your adversary to kill himself well how do you convince a strong self-respecting powerful country like ours that has ruled the world for 100 years to do that turns out it's pretty easy you take a collection of dumb desperate people in mid- middle age hoping to keep on to their stupid tv jobs You add scripts and some hairspray, and they just repeat the lies for you. 
So they just talk about themselves, right? I mean, how is that? That when I heard that at first, I thought that was AI, and I wanted to like, I'm like, did he really say that, or is that like an AI Tucker? Well, the most look, despicable thing is we know he knows what he's saying. Like we know what he thinks is of his audience. We've seen those texts. We've seen him trash talk, call his audience dumb, call the Fox <laughs> viewer dumb. So it's just, he's just playing one weird trick on his own audience. That's just wildly uh, anti. They're all playing they, a weird trick. They're all trying to kind of time the market, so to speak. And mm -hmm. they're trying to read the tea leaves as to what people are thinking. And oftentimes they just fail spectacularly at it. Like the DeSantis Putin comments, for example, are, are, are an example of that. Like he, he comes out with a statement actually condemning Putin after just a week ago or so. He got in a lot of heat by calling the Russian invasion of Ukraine a, quote, territorial dispute. So what does DeSantis do? He does this Piers Morgan interview that we talked about where he comes on the other side. And then all the people in the comments to that New York Post, just like the Ben Shapiro post that we did, all the comments to the New York Post article are Trump people, are MAGA people, the Republican-based voters who are furious at DeSantis saying he's a member of the deep state and, oh, it's another Jeb Bush. What a disaster this guy is. All because he had the nerve to say that Vladimir Putin was a bad guy. Maybe Ron DeSantis' nickname could be Vladimir Putin. Wow, interesting. Can you guys imagine what these debates are going to look like when they're yeah, all on stage? Be, it's it's going to be. It's you believed be in the vaccine, but you believed in testing. I mean, this is what they're, this, this and those are some of the arguments is. that Trump has already even rolled out. It's, like, oh, Ron, look, Ron says he's anti-vax, but look what I found. Like, it's it's already the most unhinged things, the most unhinged things ever. But they, this <laughs> is what happens when you create a monster, you cultivate that monster, and you let it run loose on the party and on your country. It leads to the disaster that all these people, by the way, want to get out of, but they can't because they are absolutely trapped. No doubt about it. Special counsel Jack Smith Bad with dog. a big <laughs> mad dog psycho with a big victory raising the roof before federal judge Beryl Howell and then the Court of Appeals with massive implications for Donald Trump's theft of many, many, many thousands of government records and his obstruction there, too. We want to talk about Jack Smith's victory and its implications. I also want to talk about this big hearing that took place earlier today. I was one of these performative MAGA Republican hearings that backfired big time on them. Jamie Raskin was absolutely a hero. And the Democrats, right. they are fighting back and, and really, 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 I think, connecting with the American people. This and more after this quick message. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something pretty cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the dirt that Lomi produces to help fill the garden. And since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. And I have basically a limitless supply of dirt for my garden. 
The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup process was such a breeze. Plus, they all think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use promo code Midas at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. That lock him up ad read gets me every time. Go get the indictment season shirt at store.midastouch.com. Also, we are marching to 1 million subscribers in the month of March. We are very close to hitting that 1 million subscribers mark. So if you haven't subscribed to the Midas Touch YouTube channel, just hit the subscribe button. It is free right there. And you can also check us out uh, and become a member of our Patreon site by going to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We're not funded by any outside investors at all, purely a grassroots uh, movement. So you can join one of the membership tiers there, get exclusive benefits, but that helps uh, this independent media platform grow. So I was debating, do we go first special counsel Jack Smith or do we go the Democrats kicking ass at the hearing today? And I think we go Democrats kicking ass at the hearing today. And then we can then talk about how did you decide? How, how did I do it? I, you know, process? Jamie, I really want to play the Jamie Raskin video clips and the Eric Swalwell clips. That's so that's kind of in my own mind, you know, uh, how I thought about it. And so what we've been seeing is the MAGA Republicans holding a lot of performative, you know, hearings. Americans care about issues like jobs and health care and protecting our veterans. And we want to make sure that America doesn't default on its debt. But uh, MAGA Republicans don't care about that. They've been holding hearings about Hunter Biden's laptop, even hearings that aren't about Hunter Biden's laptop. They all they ask about is Hunter Biden's laptop like they are utterly obsessed with Hunter Biden naked. It is so weird. It is so strange. And that's like when they were when they were talking to the Twitter executives, they were like, and why'd you take that down? And they were like, because he's naked and it's him having sex. Why, why would we want to post that? Well, 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 that's that's weaponization. No, that's sex shame. Why are you so obsessed with the Hunter Biden nudes? Like, it's really, really strange. So they've held all these weird hearings and Democrats keep showing how MAGA Republicans don't care about our democracy. And again, it, it is like a JV team going up against a professional basketball team, the Democrats being the professional basketball team and the fascist JV team being these MAGA Republicans. Like this hearing today was part of a committee that deals with economic growth energy policy and regulatory affairs, right? So in today's, it was a joint hearing on economic growth, energy policy, and regulatory affairs, okay? So are the MAGA Republicans focused on economic growth, energy policy, or regulatory affairs? No, what they're focused on is abolishing the ATF, okay? The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, commonly referred to as ATF, which is within the Department of Justice, and its responsibilities include the investigation and prevention of federal offenses involving the unlawful use 
manufacture and possession of firearms and explosive, acts of arson and bombings, and the illegal trafficking and tax evasion of alcohol and tobacco products. So that is the who MAGA Republicans want to abolish that. So in this hearing that they held today, it was called ATF's Assault on the Second Amendment. When is enough enough? And these MAGA Republicans went into some of the most idiotic arguments justifying that weapons of war need to be everywhere. So even though in our military, the military version of the AR-15, military requires training. There's a thick handbook. They have to pass tests if they want to be certified to use the weapon. However, in the civilian context, that weapon of war Anybody can have it. Just give it give it to anybody. And the, buy schools, wherever. No regulations. Let's not have common sense gun reform. So this hearing was basically to say everybody should get AR-15s. That's the hearing that they held in a committee that's supposed to focus on economic growth and energy policy, by the way, and regulatory affairs. So this is the chair, Representative Pat Fallon. He's a MAGA Republican. And one of the things that he opened it up with was why aren't we talking about regulation on alcohol or cars when people die from those things to play, play this clip alcohol related deaths in 2020 13.1 per hundred thousand we talking about regulating any more alcohol we talking about banning it we're talking about making new rules to make it harder to get alcohol no deaths by car vehicles 38,824 11.2 per 100,000. Anybody want to ban cars? Any talk of that? No. I refuse Correct. to believe that people are that, that someone, this person is that stupid. And he's speaking to alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, the regulatory body that governs alcohol. He names the two things. <laughs> <laughs> he names the two things as well that are perhaps the most regulated products in the country. I mean, there it's hard to find things more regulated than cars, which have very strict safety standards for the cars themselves, and then very strict standards for who drives them in terms of age and licensing uh -huh. and requirements. Alcohol, very strict rules govern the sale of alcohol and when you could sell it, where you could sell it, how it crosses state lines. If you want to get into the argument, about we should be regulating guns the same way that we regulate tobacco. alcohol, tobacco, and cars. Uh, well, that's an argument actually that's going against yourself. But I, I refuse to believe that this guy is that's, are, are we going to regulate cars? No. <laughs> what was that also? It's like this whole hearing and and this hearing is also- They're really weird. Like, like Brett, I, I, I'll throw it back to you. They're really weird people. Like yeah. what we can never like- if you, you know, and, and like, I'm not trying to be like mean or Ben's being mean, like, like they are very strange. Yeah. They are very weird. And they do things like that. They, they live in this alternative reality where sometimes I'm like, like who even talks like that? Oh, we are regulating <laughs> the cause. Y yes. Yes. We, we are regular. Next thing oh, you know, we, oh, are we regulating a tobacco? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we are. And why the hell are you talking like that? 
<laughs> right, right. You know, it's like it's like the owl with the with the how many licks? Do you remember back? One, two. I'm like, are you count? Dra- are you count Dracula? Beyond, like, it beyond, is- beyond being weird. Sorry, Van Gogh. That was be- uh, beyond yeah, being don't. weird. They're evil. They're intentionally evil. Like the weirdness is almost an escape. Like we're almost giving them an out by just calling them weird. They know what they're, what they're doing. They're, they're just genuinely horrible people. It's just so sad that that's an elected official in this country. That person doesn't want to lead. They want to line their pockets with NRA money. Next right, thing you so know, you you're going to want a license for driving a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. An automobile. Don't tell me that that's what's coming next. Uh, sir, yes, that's actually <laughs> an automobile, everybody. I mean, look at this person. Like, I'm not joking. Like, this is MAGA Republican Representative Tiffany. Uh, I'm not even going to, I don't even want to, I want you to watch what the question he asks. Because if I even preview it, I'm just going to, I'm going to ruin the, uh, the ending. Play the and I remember this is a hearing on guns. Wilcox, if a person lies on Form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to ten years for that. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? No, I, be- I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence uh, last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to 15. Up to 15 years. Uh, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed? I'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it. Okay, who do we talk to to see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted? I mean, he said very clearly in his book that he used drugs. He had uh, gun, a gun, at least a gun. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. State point of order. Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, he, sir, he's got, his, he's got his five minutes. Go ahead, continue. He's got a court of law. Okay, so <laughs> I understand why um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want, because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now, and everybody's talking about it across America. There's two standards of justice that are, um, that are going on. <laughs> oh, there's a duel. There's 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 dual justice going on. And so let me ask you this question. How much uh, how long in prison would somebody serve from uh, from 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 from, uh, from, from uh, putting a bomb in a uh, in a facility? 15 years. OK, well, what about Hunter Biden's laptop? <laughs> what about Hunter Biden's laptop? Oh, I see why you, you know, and then a Democrat, like a Democrat, like a normal person's like objection, point of order, not germane to the issues. Then he goes, well, I see why you wouldn't want to talk about that because there's a dual system. No, we don't want to talk about it because you're a freaking moron because you're an idiot. And, and what are you talking about? What, what What is going on here? It isn't germane. You are absolutely insane. And honestly, we can't. That's why I say. We can't be gaslit by large media networks to look at that and go, well, that's normal. No, it isn't normal behavior. Can I show you what is normal behavior? I was going to say, that was some fire uh, rhyming right there. You're on, you're on a roll. That's not germane. That's insane. That was pretty good. You didn't even Whoa. know you did it. Uh, you know what? I, I, before you do, I just want to say, after watching these clips, before we get into some of the normal folks, uh, forget put in Ron. It's the whole pudding party. They're all just so weird. They are the pudding party. Uh, that just, I think, sums up the weirdness of this entire party. They are all just so, so, so strange. What, what, what we, what we uh, hitting next, Ben? Oh, we should go to 
Let's go. Oh, to, let me just say uh, first that witness who was the Democratic witness in, in the hearing was Rob Wilcox of Everytown, which is one of the nation's largest gun prevention organizations. So the question to ask Wilcox that doesn't even make sense anyway. Uh, you know, hearing aside, why would you ask somebody who is responsible for the largest gun prevention organization about Hunter Biden? Like the whole thing just doesn't make any sense. If if I could if I could make a suggestion, I would love to see this this Matt Gates uh, this Matt Gates moment because this Matt Gates moment sums up exactly what I described a couple of weeks ago when we were going over the Democratic hearings as the Republican Party are professional rake steppers and Matt Gates once again threw out the rake and then stepped right on it. So he, he was criticizing this ATF policy for accessing data. And Rob Wilcox, the Everytown guy, informed him that actually the policies that he's criticizing, actually those were signed by Reagan. And Trump actually digitized more of those records more than any other president. And you see Matt Gates in real time scrambling to go, oh, well, 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 I'll, I'll just play the clip. The nonpartisan government accountability office issues a report in June of 2016 Firearms data, the ATF did not always comply with the Appropriations Act restriction and should better adhere to its policies. Uh, Mr. Wilcox, you're the witness the Democrats have invited here today. Are you familiar with that report? I am. And does the fact that the ATF broke the law concern you? Um, the report, I believe, supported ATF's action in cataloging records to stop crime. I'll read from it. It says, a technical defect allows ATF agents to access data, including purchaser data, beyond what ATF policy permits. Do you take any umbrage with that conclusion? ATF has been collecting out-of-business records pursuant to a law signed by Ronald Reagan, and President Trump digitized more records than any other president. I don't care who did it. I'm just worried about the impact on my citizens. And I would acknowledge there may be Republican presidents who didn't do enough in the 80s to protect our gun rights. In the 80s, why, like, there's not, even when presented with the fact, literally one second before the response, they have to lie. Everything has to be a lie. Yeah. Like, he, the witness just said Trump. And right. so you go back in the 80s. No, he just said three years ago. <laughs> exactly what you just are accusing um, Biden of doing. And the Biden, you, Trump did it in, in three years ago. What I've kind of learned is that I actually don't think when push comes to shove that Republicans even like Republicans. I, I don't even think <laughs> they like their policies because they spend all these hearings going, how dare you follow this law? And then they get. Yeah, so that law was signed in by Donald Trump. Every every single hearing goes that way. So it's like, what are they even doing? Well, yeah, what are they doing? Because that they they don't have policies. Like the, the the prism within they look at things is like, what is the dumbest position you can have on the issue? It's right. like big global pandemic. We're for the pandemic. You're you're, <laughs> you're you're for the global pandemic. That's it. Yeah, we're for the global pandemic. Okay, the the hero, Doctor Fauci, who in every administration basically, you know, you know, identified how to cure all of these illnesses. One of the great. Yeah, lock him up. Put 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 that guy in jail. Put, put Doctor Fauci. Yeah, yeah. Why? why? I, I don't know. Just put just 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 put the guy in jail. A January sixth insurrection. We're for it. We're, we're for it. They're political prisoners. We're, we're going to go to the prison and support. Them. No matter what the dumbest side of the issue is, and you can go through it. 
AR-15s are killing people uh, through, you know, his number one cause of yep. death for children. Like, like it's killing people like crazy. We're all for it, just everywhere. More, more AR-15s. Mm. You can take every issue and then they find their way into that issue. I mean, look, this is during the hearing as well. There was an activist who was there who was somewhat noisy. Uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, the, 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 the MAGA Republicans were saying some offensive crap up there. So one of the activists in the crowd were saying something like, no, it's not. And so then uh, the chairman of the committee, uh, Fallon, this Pat Fallon MAGA Republican was like, oh, Looks like there's an insurrection going on. He made an insurrection joke that the person yelling was an insurrection. So you'll listen to this, but then you'll hear David Cicilline, the Democrat from Rhode Island, saying, well, if they want to overthrow uh, the government, then I'd have a problem with that. But if they're just saying that what you're saying is offensive, that's fine. But just watch how callous and, again, weird yep. these MAGA Republicans are playing. So, Mr. Bosco, your brace is not a ghost gun, correct? Is this an insurrection? So will they be held to the same? Uh, I don't want another January 6th, do we? Yeah, if they're Bosco. trying to overthrow the government, they ought to be held to the same standard. But I think they're trying to express their views. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get away with my insurrection joke, okay? I'm doing the insurrection shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, What are you doing? I'm doing January 6th. I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of the insurrection, the, the darkest day and one of the darkest days in American history that I'm pretending isn't real. I mean, these are real, problematic, you know, despicable, you know, you know, people. I don't know what else to say, but let me show you some light in this hearing, though. This is Jamie Raskin, though, who's basically saying, look, and, and I love the way he refers to how Republicans view the Second Amendment. He goes, seems that you have the insurrectionist theory of the Second Amendment. Play this clip. They know that the states with the highest rates of firearm, firearm deaths are the ones with the weakest gun laws, and the states with the lowest levels of firearm deaths have the strongest gun laws. But they say that all of this chaos and destruction is just the necessary price we have to pay because of the Second Amendment. All those thousands of people gunned down at church and school, at the Walmart, in parks and grocery stores are just the human sacrifice we've decided to pay as a society for our Second Amendment. My colleagues, this is a lie. Our colleagues advance a completely flawed theory of the Second Amendment, which leads them to oppose even reasonable common sense gun safety rules that the Supreme Court has approved and which the vast majority of Americans endorse. Our colleagues embrace what's called the insurrectionist theory of the Second Amendment. Our colleague, Mr. Gates, says the Second Amendment is, quote, about maintaining within the citizenry the ability to maintain an armed rebellion against the government, if that becomes necessary. Our colleague, Chip Roy, says the Second Amendment was designed purposefully to empower the people to resist the force of tyranny used against them. And Congressman Boebert says the Second Amendment, quote, has nothing to do with hunting unless you're talking about hunting tyrants, maybe. Well, this theory is completely debunked and destroyed by the text of the Constitution itself and by Supreme Court precedent. And yet their theory of the Second Amendment is killing Americans. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution gives Congress the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union and suppress insurrections. 
and invasions. The Republican Guarantee Clause tells the U.S. Congress to guarantee a Republican form of government to the states and to protect them against domestic violence. There's six other provisions in the Constitution, including the Treason Clause, that debunk what they're saying. And we're going to have to get through their false notion of the Second Amendment in order to save human life. And I won't constitutionally geek out here, but just kudos to Jamie Raskin right there, Democrat uh, Congress member. Um, but you go into the Second Amendment. I mean, the Second Amendment's very clear, like what it says, right? A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right uh, of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, right? Republicans, oh, we're all strict textualist. Every word matters except in the Second Amendment, where they say a well-regulated militia <laughs> being necessary to the security of a free state. Yeah, th those words don't matter. All we want to say is the right of the people to keep and bear arms. That's the only sentence that matters. And the other thing that Raskin mentions is Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, which states the Congress shall have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the union to suppress insurrections and repel invasion. So this isn't like some complicated jigsaw puzzle. Like, what do they mean by the militia? The militia is called upon by Congress to suppress insurrections. It is not what the Republicans say, that it is to be used for insurrection against the government. This isn't like, whoa, Ben, all of this logical constitutional analysis is right there. And I want to read this quote for you also, though, because when I heard Jamie Raskin reading these quotes of what Boebert is saying and what Gates is saying, um, I'm reminded of this quote. Tell all of us and viewers out here, I'll pause for a moment before telling you who said this quote, but let me read it to you right now. The government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to, they have, to have control of the people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning in to a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control, right? That sounds a lot like what Boebert was saying, what, Ga what Gates was saying, and what Jamie Raskin referred to as the insurrectionist view of the Second Amendment. Jordy, you know who said that quote? Was that Voltaire? Was it Tucker Carlson? Voltaire. Oh, I love you, Jordy. I, I got it. Yeah. Was it Tucker? Hey, hey, hey. No, it was Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma wow. City terrorist. That language is essentially the same exact language that MAGA Republicans use word for word. And when Marjorie Taylor Greene talks about the base, the base, the base, that is who she is talking about. We still have a lot to talk about with special counsel Jack Smith. I'm not done talking about that committee hearing, Brett. I want to show some a few other clips there as well, but let's just take one quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Roan. If you're like me, you understand the pains of finding out what to wear. Let's face it, most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size that you really are, and not to mention the annoyance of trying to put together a good outfit. And when you finally do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner and then you have to change. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. 
Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the Commuter Collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan Commuter Collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way, from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. With the Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. This has truly become my go-to commuter fit. We're on the move a lot. Whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or an important dinner, the Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. Even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of the Gold Fusion anti-odor technology. The Commuter Collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Midas and use promo code Midas to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Midas and use code Midas. It's time to find your corner office. So Jordy, when we left off, you had mentioned Voltaire and what what, what are you talking about? I, I got to probe a little deeper. Who, who what are you, you talking about? Voltaire? No, I, I, me and my buddy Voltaire. Voltaire, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, what even would make you have Voltaire on your mind right there? Like, and what, what, my mind doesn't work pronoun. like a lot of people's minds work, okay? That's just the synapses just, came, are firing. Yeah, though. they're yeah, fi- yeah. they're they're firing at all cylinders. They just they just fire a different way than yours fire. And if we well, can, maybe if we can, I so I so I'm the loopy brother, right? We all know this. We know we know I'm the, the loopy. Yes. So when I was three, agree. When I was three years you're old, the, you're the handsome brother. Old, Brett and I were playing baseball at a park, and I took a baseball bat to the face. Now I had a tremendous shiner. Now it was totally it was, by accident, accident. and I, I've since forgiven <laughs> Brett, so it's okay. I had a crazy black eye. I, there is no doubt in my mind that I got a concussion on that day. And now my brain works a little bit differently than your guys' work. But can I tell you what I think you were thinking? First off, I don't agree with that. But number two, I think that you were actually had some brilliance there and why you thought of Voltaire and you meant Voltaire, but you were thinking about all of the volatility that is yes. being created by MAGA yes. Republican fascism. But one of That's Voltaire's genius. very fame one of Voltaire's very famous quotes, as you certainly know, Jordy, is those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And that sounds very much like MAGA Republicans and their gaslighting. So, Jordy, I would say incredibly, incredibly brilliant. And I want to show you this uh, clip as well. This is from Congressman Eric Swalwell, who apologizes to activists. Because We don't have to show this clip, but at one point, the MAGA Republicans kick out the activists because they were speaking in the room. They said, basically, you know, get the woman out of here. You know, and it was the mother of uh, someone who had died in, in the park shooting. But this is Congressman Eric Swalwell um, apologizing to the activists for being attacked and also wondering, seriously, Hunter Biden's laptop, that's where we're talking about? Play the clip. I want to thank the activists uh, who have stayed uh, in this fight uh, for gun safety, reasonable gun safety, uh, and and thank you for showing up today. Uh, I'm also sorry that you were targeted uh, earlier 
uh, you know, the same people that want to have you arrested and put in jail want to go to the D.C. jail this week to take the January 6th terrorists out, uh, if you can believe that or not. Probably shouldn't be surprised that this hearing has uh, deviated to include Hunter Biden's laptop. And for such a serious issue like this, I would encourage my colleagues to go through Hunter Biden's laptop on their own time. Uh, whatever they want to see uh, in there, they should do that on their own time and, and not when we have such an important topic like gun safety. And by the way, that is someone there, Congressman Eric Swalwell, who MAGA Republicans vilify because he's smart. He, he's just giving facts. I'm not watching there someone who's acting strange. He's just saying to the activists out there who have lost loved ones, we're sorry that you're being treated that way by these MAGA Republicans. And we are sorry that today's hearing is devolving when we should be talking about a very serious subject. You have MAGA Republicans talking about Hunter Biden's penis. And that, that's what they're talking about. And, and, and we should just be clear, like, what, what, are, what are you doing? What are you doing? There are real serious issues here. And in the United States of America, we don't want our children and loved ones to be shot and killed in mass shootings because there's a proliferation of, of AR-15s and weapons of war. And let me just be very clear about my position about the Second Amendment. I, I believe that there's a right to bear arms. I believe that people can have guns. I believe that people can go hunting. I don't think we should take guns away from people. I believe in responsible gun ownership. I believe there should be common sense regulations. Ironically, or not ironically, the way there is when we're talking about the licensure of cars and when we're talking about tobacco and when we're talking about alcohol, especially when we're talking about weapons of war, especially when we're talking about weapons of war, responsible gun owners who I talk to, they don't cosplay weapons of war, okay? Responsible gun owners want there to be common sense regulations. They're not the ones out there who are putting the guns in their crotch and taking photos of it. They're not the ones out there taking photographs with their kids holding AR-15s who don't even know how to hold the guns correctly. They're not the ones out there cosplaying this thing. And responsible gun owners should want, and every responsible gun owner I know do want, other people who own guns to be responsible. That's what we're asking. And this should be a common sense conversation that we all engage in. Yet MAGA Republicans cannot engage in anything with any level of seriousness. And here's a clip too that I want to show. This is of uh, Democratic Congress member Cori Bush, who points out, by the way, you know, you know how uh, the MAGA Republican talking point is, here's the Democratic areas that have the highest, you know, mortality rate, that have the highest, you know, mortality rate by guns and the most violence. No, it's happening in Republican areas. That whole MAGA Republican narrative is complete and utter BS. Here, play this clip. In 2020, per capita murder rates were 40% higher in states won by Donald Trump than those won by Joe Biden. Nine of the 10 states with the highest gun mortality rates, including my state of Missouri, are red states. Brett's about to pull up a great photo for me. Uh, and Brett, 
that reflects on when I did, in fact, get hit in the face with a baseball bat. I need to confirm it happened that Jordy's thing about Voltar and Voltaire. And so if we have this photo of Jordy, I, I just got to I got to show it. There is what I was looking down for. That's what I'm saying. There, right there you go. So, so Jordy, give the context to that, please. So that's what I'm saying. So this is why my brain works just a little bit differently than your guys's does. Um, yeah, I, I took a stray <laughs> baseball bat to the eye. And then it was a running joke in our family, like, oh, Jordy's so loopy and funny. And, and yeah, but, but thinking back on it now that I'm 30, whatever, now that I'm 29 turning 30, I have to say like, yes, funny that I was loopy as a kid, but like, it's very specifically because of that one moment. And like, we just don't address it as brothers. And I just, I wanted to bring it up. It's such a 90s moment, too, because that was at the height of the Got Milk ads. Yes. And so, like, what a weird time the 90s were. Like, this was the entertainment we had in the 90s. Like, the Got Milk ads were We used were to collect popular. those, like, lunatics. People used to collect When we would them. go to the dentist's office, we would open up the magazines and, like, rip them out. That was... Did folk, did, did, did our, like, I'd love to hear in the chat, like, did our listeners collect Got Milk ads like they did on Long Island? Like, like uh, people around schools and like our elementary school would collect the ads. They would like laminate them and put them in a binder. And then they would like trade out the Got Milk ads. They also did it with like absolute vodka ads. Do you remember that too? It was a very weird time in the 90s and those were very popular. <laughs> and so we made our own Got Milk ad, which was that picture. And it was at the time after that I accidentally hit Jordy in the eyeball with a metal baseball bat and and, and that's where you have it but see i mean and that's, and, that, and, that, and that's where you got volatar so you got yeah. volatar and all it, it all years later that's where i got volatar from that's where it all that's where it all came from full that's circle so good that's so good full circle and talking about full circle though how about special counsel jack smith completely engulfing Donald Trump from all sides. I mean, Donald Trump is basically, you know, I, I think pretty much boxed in at this point. I mean, and by the way, special counsel Jack Smith still hasn't said a single word pu publicly. So with all of the Donald Trump, everything in caps, everything, you know, chaotic like that, Jack Smith is just going about doing his work in a very diligent way worksman-like manner. And talk about special counsel Jack Smith's big win, compelling Evan Corcoran, who is Donald Trump's uh, lawyer, to testify again before the grand jury. So Evan Corcoran previously testified before the criminal grand jury in connection with Donald Trump's obstruction of justice um, relating to hiding and concealing these documents, thousands of government records at Mar-a-Lago. Um, and so Corcoran was the one who was working with Christina Bob to ultimately prepare that uh, attestation, that declaration under penalty of perjury that was given to the FBI and the top counterintelligence officials at the DOJ, which said that a diligent search was performed at Mar-a-Lago. A diligent search was not performed at Mar-a-Lago. They said they had returned all of the documents and they had given like this red weld legal folder back that has about 37 uh, new classified records back on June 3rd of 2022. The whole thing was total BS. There was thousands of more records still at Mar-a-Lago, over a hundred classified records. Um, well, Jack Smith filed a motion to 
compel further testimony because Evan Corcoran refused to have any uh, to provide testimony about his discussions with Donald Trump about what went into the attestation, what type of search was performed. And here's the thing we learned as about um, Evan Corcoran. He took notes. There's handwritten notes. There's audio recordings. And so there could be potentially a Lordy, treasure trove. A treasure trove of records. So a hearing was held last Friday before Judge Beryl Howell, who was the former chief judge who uh, presided over the criminal grand juries there in Washington, D.C. There's now a new uh, federal judge, an Obama appointee. It's a rotating position of who serves as the chief judge. So a new judge um, will be in that position um, right now, Judge Bozberg. Um, but Judge Beryl Howell found that the crime fraud exception applies, meaning that uh, Donald Trump, in her ruling, it's under seal, but this is what all the reports are, and there's nothing uh, to say that anything to the contrary happened, that Donald Trump engaged in a criminal scheme, a criminal scheme, and was either using Evan Corcoran wittingly or unwittingly, but was involving his lawyer in an ongoing criminal scheme to, criminal scheme to obstruct justice. Think about the power of that. So then Donald Trump immediately appeals that to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, immediately appeals. And guess what? Within about 12 hours, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals had a briefing schedule and then shut down Donald Trump's appeal. I've never seen an appeal move that quickly before that an entire briefing schedule was done in 12 hours and then and then the motion was denied. How, how big is that? I've really that, that moved at rapid pace. You know, people say the judicial the judicial process works slowly. That was faster than I've ever seen anything happen. But it, I think it shows you they're feeling the urgency of this moment and what Donald Trump did and potentially what Donald Trump is still currently doing to this day, I think is on the minds of prosecutors. I mean, he illegally took, and remember the crime here, obstruction, mutilation of documents. I think they think that it is still ongoing and have reason to believe that Donald Trump still has confidential documents in his hands. And the idea that he was lying to his attorneys and they invoked the crime fraud exception shows now that they are going to be actually able to question like they did today, Evan Corcoran directly about these potentially illegal activities that Trump is engaging in because they've been piecing all the pieces together throughout this whole process. So they, at this point, know already what Trump is lying about, and they'll be able to know exactly what he lied to Corcoran about if that is the case. And I wouldn't be surprised myself if somebody like Corcoran or somebody from Corcoran's team is the one himself leaking this out there because you know the Justice Department has been very tight-lipped about all of their cases. And so you have to wonder who stands to advantage from a leak like this coming out. There was a big New York Times story that just dropped right before. I'm talking right before we went live that it was titled court action underscores peril for Trump in the documents investigation. Wow. Federal prosecutors continue to build a case that the former president obstructed efforts by the government to reclaim classified materials that he may have misled his own lawyer. Things just continue to get worse here for Donald Trump. And these charges are just becoming more and more serious by the day. I'll read just a few portions from this New York Times piece so you get a sense of the urgency 
in which the Justice Department is working and what's happening here behind the scenes, according to this New York Times reporting. They say, quote, according to wisps of new information that have seeped out of sealed court filings and closed door hearings, prosecutors believe they have compelling evidence that Mr. Trump obstructed the government's efforts. That's the crime right there, folks, to reclaim the sensitive records and may have even misled, a.k.a. lied to, his own lawyers. The more recent developments stemming from efforts to force testimony and other evidence from the lawyer and Mevin Corcoran in federal district court in Washington indicate that prosecutors have continued to build a case and that the inquiry remains a serious threat to Mr. Trump. Judge Howell laid out damning assertions made by prosecutors that Mr. Trump knowingly deceived the government and caused Mr. Corcoran to misstate to prosecutors, lie, where the documents were being held at Mar-a-Lago. They note Mr. Smith's office is likely still far from making any charging decisions. Still, the accumulation of details emerging from the proceedings suggests that Mr. Smith and his team are drilling down on every scrap of evidence they can find in assembling an, an argument that Mr. Trump may have impeded a federal investigation. And for their part, some of Mr. Trump's aides have stated plainly, if privately, that the government and in their minds, Judge Howell see Trump as a criminal. And that is very clear from these court filings that we are seeing out here. So this is moving now at a pretty rapid pace. I think, you know, a lot of people I think were were getting ahead of themselves when we heard that the grand jury in Manhattan uh, was delayed and they were like, oh, it's probably to make way because Jack Smith's going to indict. No, that that isn't happening. That's not why this is still a little bit away. But you could see that the wheels of justice are turning in D.C. with the federal case against Donald Trump. And Evan Corcoran, by the way, not the only Trump attorney to see a grand jury in federal court. There's another attorney, Jennifer Little. Jennifer Little <laughs> counseled Donald Trump in the Fulton County uh, case, and she's being called now before the grand jury, and people are starting to speculate why Jennifer Little would be called in the federal investigation. I know it's hard to keep track. We've got the accumulation right now. we got this Venn diagram between New York Honest, no, and yeah. Georgia and the federal government all kind of merging in, in weird kind of ways. Jennifer Little, they say, counseled Donald Trump to be cooperative and left the case soon after Mr. Corcoran was bought on by Mr. Trump. Miss Little did not have to turn over a document she had sought to withhold from prosecutors. The Times notes prosecutors are interested in Mr. Little because she was one of the few criminal defense lawyers working directly with Trump when the Mar-a-Lago matter heated up at the Justice Department. So as we say on the show, folks, make attorneys get attorneys. It's looking like a lot of Donald Trump's attorneys now have to have their own attorneys. They are under their own forms of criminal investigation. And in many cases, they now have to speak out against their client, Donald Trump, and implicate him in this criminal scheme that Judge Howell pointed out. That's what's going on. And then you have uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, right? I mean, that's that's big time also. I mean, that hearing taking place uh, earlier today, uh, former Vice President Pence is claiming that he should be treated as though he was a United States senator and that the speech and debate clause immunity, which immunizes senators and members of the House of Representatives, 
who uh, engage in legitimate legislative activity from having to testify in proceedings like this, that that immunizes him because he argues on January 6th, he was uh, focused on being the president of the Senate, that he was focused on being the president of the Senate. And it's like, come on. Well, the, the speech or debate clause clearly, clearly states that it relates to House of Representative members and members of the Senate. And that's it. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's a BS argument. And then even if you get beyond that, um, maybe you were in that ceremonial position just for that day. Yeah, that's what I was Like in that moment, like you wrote a book about it. And in the United States versus Gravel case, um, uh, the Supreme Court case, which delineates the limitations and provides the full scope of speech and debate right. clause. I mean, yeah, you got to add you got to add to your Mike Pence impression. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a Christian. Uh, uh, I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a Republican. Uh, I'm a senator. You got to got to just keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm yeah, a yeah, senator yeah, at times when it when it's uh, <laughs> yeah, when it's legally when it convenient. <laughs> yeah. I, I, exactly. He goes exactly. I just want to let you know. I, uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Republican. Uh, I'm a conservative. I'm a senator. <laughs> I am, I, I am, uh, I'm a mosquito. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a little teapot. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little teapot. Sure. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Uh, here's, I am volatile. <laughs> and what was what, what was the air you were hitting uh, when we came back from break? Looked like some flavored air. A trifume. Tri that is go. that is the fume, right? See, doing. see, folks, Heck we yeah. use our. I really, I really use the. I, I really use, we, the use we use the products that we sell on the show. The trifume. The, the fume where is great. We, they're not even, they're not even a sponsor of this episode. Trifume.com slash Midas. Trifume.com slash Midas. By the way, I, I, it's it is it is absolutely great. I wish the clip would have been a little bit longer, but uh, <laughs> trifume. <laughs> Tryfume.com slash Midas. But we, we we don't just sell you products that we, no, we don't use. Them. I use I use the low I, I use all of our sponsors. I have the I got the, biotics, the Z Biotics. I got the I, I got the Brett, Brett's wearing the clothes. Brett wears the Roan. We've got the Lomi. I, got, I, got I mean, literally, I mean beyond there's not a single product that we uh, have as a sponsor here that we don't use. Every single product, we, uh, we we use each and every product. Finally, can we get to some Team Normal news, please, though, with President? Please, let's get to some Team Normal news. And this is celebrating the 13th anniversary of Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Um, look, th this is what it's all about, right, at the end of the day. I mean, like, these are real issues. And so when we compare kind of the MAGA Republican chaos, we talk about what Democrats are doing. Like, what are we really talking about? We're talking about jobs. We're talking about better paying jobs. We're talking about wages with dignity, not just living wages, wages with dignity. We're talking about looking, looking after, looking, looking after workers, protecting workers, uh, protecting working conditions. We're talking about lowering prescription drug prices. Right, we're talking about making healthcare affordable and accessible. We are talking about making education affordable and accessible. We're talking about protecting our seniors. We're talking about protecting uh, students. We're talking about protecting the most vulnerable in our society. We are talking about equality. We're talking about protecting our veterans.
right? Like these are tangible things. And, 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 you know, we have fun on this show because, you know, I, I think sometimes if you, if the one, I like to have fun. Um, <laughs> having fun's great. I like to have fun. <laughs> fun's good. Um, <laughs> but number two, you know, with all of the seriousness of the news, sometimes it is helpful to reflect on the absurdity of it all. But at the end of these episodes, I do like to kind of pull back a little bit. Ground us a little and, bit. <laughs> and, and I really do want to focus on that. These issues, though, truly are life and death. They really are. They're really important. And when the MAGA Republicans treat it like a game and pursue policies that promote death over life, we can't stand for it. We, we, we can't. You know, when and you look back at Obama's presidency and, and you look at the Affordable Care Act, you look at Obamacare, you look at the fact that tens of millions of Americans who didn't have health care, didn't have health care in the United States of America. If you got sick, you could die because you didn't have a right to have your health taken care of or looked after or to get life-saving treatment. And you look at President Biden too, his policies, whether, you know, with the various pieces of huge legislation that he promotes and, and, and he's passed, but we're just talking about, you know, things, things as important as lowering prescription drug prices, right? We see every day another story because of Biden's policies, a pharmaceutical company lowering the costs of insulin to that $35 a month mark that is there under Medicare. Those are policies that make a difference in people's lives. That's what government should be about. Look, if I want to watch fascist cosplay idiocracy, you know, maybe I'll watch some zombie apocalypse movie uh, to, you know, for, for, for an hour and a half, but I, I don't want the zombies running my government. You know, I, I don't want the dystopian societies that I can, in my escapism, watch for 90 minutes on whatever streaming service I watch. I, I don't want that to be my actual life. I, I want my government to, to do things for the people, to, to deliver for the people. And so I want to show you this clip of Biden who talked about what a big effing deal it was and, and, and reflecting on that moment where he said what a big effing deal it was. Here, play the clip. 13 years ago today, we gathered in this room as President Obama signed into law the Affordable Health Care Act. Hard to believe, 13 days. Ago, 13 years ago. It seems like 13 days ago. <laughs> most, uh, I think it was the most consequential, I think most people agree, the most consequential piece of healthcare legislation since the creation of Medicare and Medicaid in 1965. I talked to the president yesterday, got a chance to speak with him. We did a little thing together. And it's an extraordinary achievement by President Obama. And while the Affordable Care Act has been called a lot of things, Obamacare is the most fitting description. <laughs> Obamacare. Many of you joined us that day after fighting for decades to make it happen. And I remember uh, three words I used at the time. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was a big deal. 
and I stand by the fact it was a big deal. It's also, I also called it at that time a historic day, because history is not merely what's painted and printed on walls and in, in textbooks. You know, it, it doesn't begin or end with the stroke of a pen. There you have it. I mean, that's what I want in leadership at the end of the day. That, 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 that's what I... Do, do I agree with Biden on everything? Do I agree with Democrats on everything? I, I don't. But unquestionably, they are adults in the room actually confronting the objective reality that exists and trying to solve big problems and trying to use their positions to, to help people and frankly, to help a lot of people who don't support them. You know, a lot of people in the MAGA cult, at the same time, they are fed this diet of disinformation from right-wing propaganda media, they're benefiting from Obamacare. They're benefiting from a lot of these mm -hmm. social programs that work. They're the recipients of that. They're benefiting from policies that help workers and that bring more jobs and from infrastructure projects. And President Biden doesn't go, you know what? I'm a Democratic president, so you know, Trump wouldn't help the wildfires out in California because he said, screw California. And President Biden's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help the factory workers in Alabama. I'm going to help the factory workers in areas that, that, that haven't voted for me. It's fine across the country. It doesn't matter whether you're a red state or a blue state. You are an American. I, I just wish our discourse, I wish our discourse was like that. And I wish you can, I, I, I truly do wish, as we do the Midas Touch podcasts, that when I showed you the clips, they were far more boring. And it was just a debate over, um, you know, degrees of the policies. And like, okay, we all agree that there should be common sense gun reform, but we're talking about perhaps the type of uh, pre-qualification requirements not that there should or shouldn't be pre-qualification requirements to get weapons of war, but we could talk through what that looks like. And then we can say, well, maybe is that going too far? Or, But what, what, can we all accomplish the goal that we don't want mass shootings in schools, right? And we're not living in that time. And, we, and I want to. And I think the way we can all do that collectively together is to realize that we're the solution. The, 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 the movement is the solution. The pro-democracy community is the solution. That's, that, it's, it's, it's up to you. The might is mighty. Um, I'm honored and privileged that I get to do this podcast with my brothers, that I get, to, I get to spend this time with you, that I could help be a messenger. Um, but you are my inspiration because you go out there, you share the videos, you share the YouTube channel, you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you let people know, you share these videos, and you're out there fighting for democracy. Without you, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. This doesn't work. So thank you. I mean, from the bottom, from the bottom of my heart, thank you because none of this, none of this is possible. W together with your help, we'll be able to fight back against it. Brett, I'll give you the last word. Well, it's just so important to see the normalcy after the absolute lunacy uh, that we saw earlier on in the show and to show that 
luckily in this time, I don't want to say it's all luck though, because you know what, we all put in the work and and everybody voted and, and showed up and a lot went into that. So I don't want to just write it off as luck, but you know what I mean? That luckily we have somebody right now in the White House who actually is a politician who is looking out for all Americans. And it may be uh, more boring, like Ben said, to see clips like that, but those moments are really what America is all about. And that's really what we need to get back to. I mean, somebody talking about expanding Medicare coverage as as far and wide as possible. Uh, Somebody applauding uh, North Carolina, who, by the way, has a Republican uh, legislature who overwhelmingly approved an expansion of the state's Medicaid programs that's going to give roughly 600,000 additional low-income residents' health care. You have President Biden making sure to congratulate them and and praise them for that move because it's really not about party. I mean, I remember when I was out of college how much the Affordable Care Act helped me reflecting on it because it allowed me to take risks and allowed me to actually follow my dreams. And and I can't say that Midas Touch would even be a thing if not for the Affordable Care Act because I got to take advantage of the provision that lets you stay on your parents' plan until you're 26, which allowed me to move out to Los Angeles and take gig jobs on TV uh, on TV shows and on movies and and things like that, which are jobs that often just last two to three weeks at a time or a couple months at a time. But that having the Affordable Care Act allowed me to retain health coverage while I did that, while I pursued my dreams, which in turn allowed me to get a job on a television show where I was able to get my own health care, which then gave me the skills I needed that allowed me to be an executive in the film industry, which allowed me to then start Midas Touch. You know, so it really affects a lot of people's lives. And in that aspect, I mean, think about it. It helps entrepreneurs too. It helps mm-hmm. you be entrepreneurial if you're able to take risks like that and not have to worry about getting in a life or death, situ- death situation and not being able to afford healthcare that you need. So these are things that really affect people's lives. I know they've f- for sure affected mine, and I'm you know super thankful for these policies. And that's why that's why we're in this at the end of the day. You know, we're not in this for the craziness, but it just shows you what we're up against but also what we are all bringing to the table, which is real positivity, which is real patriotism, not phony patriotism. It's not about standing in front of a flag and talking about everything that the flag is against, but it's actually being patriotic, actually caring for your common man. And that's what we're here to push forward every single day. Jordy, Final words. I feel like this has been a, an amazing episode. Shout episode. out to the Midas Mighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa. I don't mean I don't I don't mean I don't I don't mean shout out to the Midas Mighty um, ending it. I just mean huge shout out to the Midas Mighty. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the march to one million. We are getting super close for those one million subscribers. Thank you to everybody subscribing to the audio podcast. Everybody checking out that merch at store.midastouch.com, supporting our great sponsors who who do the show, Lomi, Roan. Check the description in the video to get the great deals that we worked out for you. Jordy, any final words, buddy? Yeah, I just want to say. Midas Mighty, we love you so much. And thank you for everything. We are so close to 1 million YouTube subscribers. So please, please subscribe if you're not subscribed. If, if you're not subscribed by now, I, I, I don't know what to say. Hit subscribe. You want to get in before the million just because you want to say you were there when you knew it. So let's just, let's just keep doing it. Let's keep marching. We're all in this together. Love you guys so much. Let's just keep fighting for democracy. This is awesome. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 